Due to the graphic nature of this podcast, viewer discretion is advised. Hello. Puzzle, can you not? I just wanted to apologize for all the random supernatural beings I've been bringing into your apartments. Uh-huh. To show my atonement, I've brought you a gift. Really? Yeah. Here, hold out your hand. Uh, uh, oh, Puzzle, what is this? The heart of our enemies. The non-believers who doubt the supernatural exist. But we know you believe. They thank you for being a most gracious host. Uh, uh, you're welcome. Oh, God. I want to be sick. Thank you for the gift. Hey, Fujitos, how's it going? It's Friday the 13th. All the spooks. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Uh, I wish I had enough time to watch a movie tonight. Uh, but anyways, we are going to be reviewing Behind the Obsidian Mirror by Daughters, Daughters of Owls. Or Daughter of Owls. There we go. Too many S's in there. And today we have with us... Sarah! Yay! Thank you for hosting too, Sarah. Again. In your house. Yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> Alright, so for those of you unfamiliar with Obsidian Mirror, it is about a young boy with pale skin who is about to be sacrificed to the Aztec god of death. But he stays the high priest's hand and orders the boy should serve him in life rather than death. A skull mark is placed upon his thigh, and from then on, Metzli Totoro, or Moonbird, or Metz for short, is forced to serve the god of death for the rest of his life. But why, we wonder. So right now, it totals six chapters, and it appears to be... It's in black and white, but when there is color, it appears like it's a mixture of watercolor, ink, and pencil. And the artist has clearly done a lot of research on Aztec culture and has put great detail into rendering her art accordingly. She even has like a small map of Tenochtitlan as well. So I really appreciate the uh, the amount of effort she's put into it. But then again, I think she also lives in Mexico City which is where Tenochtitlan originally was. So just, you know, probably around her, she has a good idea of the Aztecs. I mean, that's kind of the same with my my dad. Like, he is all about the Aztecs. But there again, he has dual citizenship. So it's like, oh, there's no surprise there. And it's also like, you, you've got to think, like, here, I grew up in... Texas. So I know about Stephen F. Austin and all of the like <laughs> movements to like go for Texas, like build your land here. And, and you know, if you're in, in Oklahoma, it's like, oh, well, you learn about the Trail of Tears and you learn about mm. the Indians. And, and so I guess it's just regional knowledge that they teach yeah. more in school than other places. So I'm sure in Mexico, there's a lot more taught about Aztecs that we just don't get here. That's in our true. Schools. Yeah. Because it's relevant. True. Yeah. Uh, so, as I said, the author is Daughter of Owls. Uh, they've also posted their name as Tashina Kombak or Kombok. Not sure how to pronounce the last part. Uh, but she has two other comics as well. It's called Paradise Seeker and Between the Raindrops. Those are both completed. I do recall reading Between the Raindrops, but I can't put my finger on what it was about. It's been like a hot minute. 
But anyways, according to her descriptions on Smack Jeeves, she has a lot of stories in mind, but lacks the strength to finish them. But I think she should really give herself a pat on the back because, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Um, but yeah, th those two other comics, they're maybe only 20 to 30 pages long. But I mean, still, she sat down, she got it done. And honestly, for because I was her patron for so long, mm -hmm. she had a child. And so I can totally understand, like, you have a child, I get it. Put your comic on hold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, please do. Because from what the stories I've heard from my abuela and my mom, it's like, <laughs> I know, like, you guys were too much work. Yeah. Yeah. So um, behind the Obsidian Mirror was posted back in January 24th, 2011. So what is your history with it? So this was back when pretty much the only place you could read webcomics was Smack Jeeves. Like, there was no tapas or webtoons or anything mm -hmm. like that so like if you there were like three websites you could read like web comics on and and there weren't a lot of bl web comics so i was reading everything that there was um this one was suggested to me i really liked the art i loved the fact that you know aztec culture and i know absolutely oh, yeah. nothing about it so i was like oh this is amazing um so that's kind of when i first picked up on it Okay, cool. And I think you actually recommended this comic I to did. me. Yeah. But I, that was back in like 2015, 2016. And by then, um, it had like 165 pages and then it went on hiatus mm -hmm. as well. I think that's around the same time that she had her child. Yeah. Yeah. So since then, I don't think I read it. I think I may have gone back once to like uh, just catch up and refresh mm -hmm. my memory. But yeah, it, it's been a while. Usually I binge read stuff like this. Yeah, we've had maybe like twelve pages since since the hiatus. But oh wow, that's about it. I mean, it hasn't been a lot. Okay. Yeah, I felt like I didn't have to catch up on too no. much. Yeah, because I think I the last part was uh, after the festival. Oh was yeah, where the hiatus yeah, yeah. happened. Okay. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it matters where I left off initially, but um, so I I read Between the Raindrops ages ago. I think it was around the same year, 2016, probably. It's when we did that our first panel together yeah. where we were talking about web comics. Uh, but did did you read any of her other works? I didn't know she had other works. Oh no, okay. <laughs> so now well, I'm short. like I've got homework. Okay, well they're short. Yeah, you could easily get through them real quick. Okay, so. In this webcomic, there's pretty much like four main characters that we follow. Uh, as mentioned in the intro, there's Metzli Totoro, or just Moonbird. We're, we're going to say Metz for short because our tongues cannot take it. And honestly, I was very, very tempted to bring a bottle of tequila. And every time we messed up on the name, we have to take a shot. Until... But we're doing a podcast. And yeah. And that could be bad. <laughs> well, in, in our defense... I know of two other, like, true crime <laughs> podcasts that drink. True, true, they don't get drunk. But it's like, they're still drinking? But yeah, no, I decided not to because I came here from work and it's like, I don't want warm tequila in my car. <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, let's let's see how long it takes us to, like, really start messing up on this stuff. Oh, it's bad. I can't even begin to pronounce these names. Oh, and you know what? When I was doing research on this, um, when I was on YouTube, there I think it was called Native Language or Native Speak, uh, but the guy's a linguist. Yeah. And he did some research into the Aztec language, and apparently 
we're pronouncing it wrong in modern day. Because, oh. you know, the Spaniards came in and they pretty much essentially assimilated them to their language. I mean, some Aztec words still exist today, but we're probably not pronouncing them correctly. They've kind of, they've changed. Well, it's like the the Sacagawea, Sacagawea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Debate, See, that's, you know? that's what's happened. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Metz, I consider him albino because they describe him as so pale, although I've seen him with blue hair, but that could just be the artist maybe playing around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one night he appears with amnesia and his arrival is interpreted as a bad omen. So initially he was going to be sacrificed, but then he was spared. So right now he is very grateful to Mick and he wants to appease him. Mick is short for Miklantekutli, the god of death. Uh, Blood sacrifices are made to him since God's blood and bones are used to create life. And he doesn't want want Metz to harm himself, so he doesn't want blood sacrifices from him. One of our protagonists is Itzli. He's the high priest who tried to sacrifice Metz. And fun fact, his name means obsidian. And it also stands for the obsidian knife that is used in human sacrifices. And also another fun fact, there is also an Aztec god with the same name, and and he pretty much represents that sacrificial knife. But anyways, his deal is, is that he's really shocked that Mets can hear and see the gods. And I kind of, and like, apparently only like special people like the high priest can, you know, have that ability. So I think there's maybe some jealousy on his end. Uh, and then there's Tezcatlipoca, or... You pronounce it another uh, yeah, that's, way. That's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying Tez... No. Kutlipok? Okay. Uh, but yeah, he, he's Tez for short. He is the god of the obsidian mirror, also the god of night. But through the obsidian mirror, he can see all things. So he's like beast with that magic mirror. That's how I always saw him. Uh, and his brother is Quetzalcoatl, who I feel like more people know of. Mm-hmm. And... He and his brother are constantly fighting over the earth. And that's important to know because it's brought up later in the comics. So my best example of this, because uh, Tez is also shown as like the panther or the jaguar or whatever. And so think for those who like, you know, road to El Dorado, think the two men (gasps) in that story. That's right. Oh my God. Because that's basically Tez and Quetzalcoatl. Okay, yeah, I almost forgot about that. See, and I, there were, like, some stonework, I think, that she had in the background. And it's like, that that looks so familiar. It reminds me of the road to El Dorado, but I didn't really yeah. do too much research into it. Yeah, so there's there's a direct relationship when they wrote Road to El Dorado between those two gods. And that's oh. who those two men represent in the city. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that. But, yeah, I remember, like, the, the protagonist or... I'm sorry, the antagonist in there. I don't remember his name, but he did have like that jaguar thing. And even at the end, he turned into like this giant rock jaguar. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty cool. Now I got to go rewatch it. Yeah, he's supposed to be Tez. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Okay, now that kind of explains the facial features too. Yeah. we'll, We'll get to that later. So the introduction to the webcomic pretty much introduced all our characters did, was that enough to pull you into the uh, into the story, or did it take a little more? Um, so the first few pages, I was like, okay, this is weird. But then the moment he got saved, 
mm-hmm. by the god. I was like, okay, I'm I'm down for the count. Let's go. Oh, um, okay. Because at first it's just like, hey, I showed up. I don't know what I'm doing. And then he got saved. And I'm like, okay, now stuff now stuff matters. So it, it didn't take very long. I was mostly interested because of the the world. Like mm-hmm. I the the whole Aztec culture kind of thing and the Aztec gods are interesting. Like here in Western or in you know our our Romanized English Colonized background, world. we yeah. know the Romans, we know Apollo, we know Athena, but we don't know these gods as much. Oh yeah, yeah, because Christianity, even Norse gods get more noticed than like Damn. Yeah. these guys. Yeah, I I don't see any movies, you know, yeah. about the freaking Aztecs. Yeah. Unless it's animated, like El, El Dorado. But. El Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of afterwards in chapter one, that's when I became really invested because that's when other characters were starting to ask the same questions that I was asking because uh, this is what jumpstarts the uh, the conflict in the webcomic because Itzli turns to Tez for answers about this boy and then... Tez doesn't even know why he's so special. So they both kind of start their own investigation into Metz. And Tez has the suspicion that Mick is conspiring with his brother Quetzalcoatl to pretty much overthrow him Mm -hmm. and take over the world. Because it's been rumored that Quetzalcoatl will return. Yes. Yeah. So that's a... That's essentially why I think Itzli was trying to kill him. But also they they mentioned like the timing wasn't right or something. I also think that like he's just he just wants to take what Metz has like because he has it kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you can't have anything nice because everything nice is mine. And that kind of like sibling rivalry almost to the point where he's like, no, it's mine. You, you can't have it. Yeah. And the fact that he has something that he can't have makes him want it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They definitely have a rivalry. Uh, I think you meant Mick, though. I think you, you said Oh, Mets. yeah. Mick. Yeah. Mick. I said I, I've done that, too, when I was writing the the review. I was like, Mick, yeah. Mick. Both people in the couple have M. Yeah. So it's, it's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Be, because Tez is suspicious of this plot to overthrow him, he orders Italy to murder Metz. And automatically, I didn't like Tez because physically he looks like a snake. He's my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I also didn't like Itzli at first because he was totally going through with it. But how, how did you feel about Itzli? Did you suspect, did you ever suspect that he was being used? I suspected that the moment he summoned the god, I was like, and, and I met like Tez. I was like, oh, I love this character. <laughs> um, the moment I met him, because I'm like, he's evil and he's awful and I love him. Uh, okay, so you you're just going for the bad right, boy thing. He's the right type of villain too, because he's mm-hmm. the kind of villain that just knows he's good, and I love that about him. Oh, like he's all accepting of just how bad he is. Yeah. He oh doesn't... God! Now that Lorax song is coming back. Oh no! Yeah. How bad? Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, it's no. bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but he's he's a really good villain. He's he's not bumbling or clumsy uh-huh. or needing anyone else. He's just like. I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to do what it takes to do it. And I love that about him. He doesn't have any regrets or qualms. He just Mm -hmm. is all unabashedly evil. And I love that about him. I can respect that. Um, I love me a really good villain. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, Itzli, um, 
I really thought he was just kind of a sinister prick. Like he enjoyed killing Mets for his own pleasure more so than Tez because it, he, like I said, he was just suspicious of that plot. But I also felt like Itzli was felt threatened by Metz's presence because he tried to make this sacrificial offering to the god of death and then suddenly he's denied in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. So could he be embarrassed that now he's being overshadowed by some random kid that popped up out of nowhere? Yeah, and there's also the question of, like, is he trying to be... Like, we know now his motivations, but, like... In the first the first bit when he was talking to Tez, I was like, is he trying to be pious? Is that why he's he's going after this guy? Is right. he trying to be do what the god tells him? Because right, because that's Tez was pretty a god. Pissed. Or is he doing it for his own personal gain? I couldn't tell, tell what he wanted. I, I felt like it was a mixture of both because yeah. Tez pretty much was very pissed because like he, he didn't know Metz existed. Like yeah. he didn't see him because I guess... Mixed power was overshadowing yeah. and cloaking him from being detected on the obsidian mirror. But of course that doesn't work now. But yeah, it wasn't until chapter two that my opinion of Itzli started to shift. And that's kind of also where we're presented with our first BL moment. So in chapter two, Itzli is severely wounded when he tries to kill Metz. And Tez, of course, scolds him, injures him, but he also goes and heals him. And it's while he's healing him that their body language suggests something more, possibly. Mm -hmm. And even he has this very suggestive line where he's like, you're one of the best I've ever had. And when fans asked, Daughter of Al said that sleeping with a human is beneath Tez, at least for right now. That's kind of another reason that I, I really like this bit. Uh, is that Daughter of Al said, I don't believe in sudden sex with no real reason. Like, I almost thought it was going to go that way, but I'm so glad she didn't turn it there. She's just kind of teasing a I, bit at I something. I think Tez just likes to tease. Yeah, he kind of is. He, the, he knows. He, I feel like he knows and he doesn't care and he just wants to tease him He anyway. definitely has a power abusive relationship yes. with Itzli because he... he hurt him it's that hurt comfort thing he literally injured him and then he's like let me heal you baby and then he's scolding him the next minute and then it goes it it goes back and forth yeah it it just it still hinted at something more and and especially what what she said like at least for now sleeping with a human is beneath him oh yeah but his comments when uh and in the most recent chapter when he finds out he's like hmm well, maybe I need a, a sacrifice. Yeah. So, yeah, I like those <laughs> Of a different I, sort. <laughs> I like how she, both she and Tez are like teasing us and stuff. Uh, but were you disappointed that nothing happened between these characters? Not around chapter two. No, I wasn't. I, I didn't know for sure if they, because it's kind of vague there and I didn't uh-huh. read the comments. But the only time I was kind of disappointed is the end of chapter four when uh, Metz and Mick don't. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. And I was like, oh, no, go for it. <laughs> I yeah, I was waiting for it, too. I'll admit. Yeah. But yeah, I honestly, like I said, I wasn't disappointed. Um, I just kind of like being teased of what's to come. And mm-hmm. honestly, the cuddly moments are all I need. And... 
that's kind of why I like chapter three, because that's like when it got real steamy on the cuddle meter. Uh, so in chapter three, it's like a couple of days after Itzli tried to kill Metz. To me, his jealousy is growing even more. And he warns Metz, like, that Mick intends to kill you eventually. So wise up. Like, honestly, ask yourself, why else has he taken an interest in you? There's been a rumor, um, well, it's kind of alluded to that the gods find him similar to Quetzalcoatl. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's... And they're like, we don't trust you and we want you to die because you're our enemy. Mm-hmm. But th- that's why he says, you know, my master's brother is who you resemble. And they they are two sides of the same coin. They both are involved in death. So clearly you aren't going to be approved of even by him so he's gonna mm-hmm. just he's why do you think he's kept you he's gonna kill you yeah like they're both dark gods and you're you remind them of a good god they're gonna kill you right yeah and i did become suspicious of mick too i was like that's a good argument it's lee so did yeah. your opinion of mick change when he said that no. oh no okay no. No, because I felt like he doesn't even know. I thought he might, but he doesn't know what he wants. Like uh-huh. there's there's that's one thing that I really liked about his development. Um in chapter 2, he he asked him like why am I around and he he doesn't know. He doesn't know he's never had this happen before. He's right. never been interested in a human life before. So he's like, I don't know. I just wanted to keep you for some reason and I haven't figured that out yet. True. Yeah. Having that conversation between the two really, like, helped soothe my fears. Because after Itzli said that, I was very suspicious of Mick Mm. for, like, a couple of pages, literally. And I was starting to suspect, like, okay, maybe he's just as bad as Tez. But then they had that conversation, and Mick says that he just wants Mets completely, body, heart, and soul. And he did that cliche, not in a bad cliche way, but just that, that meme where he's, like, he pretty much has Mets up against the wall with his hand over him. Oh, the Kabedon? Yeah. Yeah, okay, is that the phrase for it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's really steamy. And now, again, there's this hurt comfort thing where maybe even Mets was fearing for his life, like, oh my god, Mick's gonna kill me. And then he's like, oh, never mind, he's really charming. He has me up against the wall, it's totally fine. Uh, but yeah, he essentially regains his trust in Mick and... I have to wonder why these charms work on me. It's probably the long hair again. <laughs> like with Faye Long. I don't know what's with men in the long flowing hair. I have a thing <laughs> for long hair. Like I had a thing for like my Valentine because she had that long gorgeous oh, yeah. hair. I was like, I want that hair just to flip it. And then Selena, like my hair used to be as long as Selena's. Dang. And I, it was thick. And uh, actually I almost got myself killed trying to be like ariel because she had the long flowing red hair and i was like i want to be like ariel when i was like i don't know five six and i almost drowned in like three inches of water just because i wanted to be this person with long beautiful hair but yeah my abuela was pissed and frightened at the same time and she's like mija you're gonna get cps called on me but yeah just what is with these men with long hair like it's definitely a thing because it's like, maybe it we shows... see it across BL. We see it everywhere. I know it's like maybe it's because they they care about their aesthetics and like you know like just taking care of themselves and having nice nails, 
taking a shower, not having like some musky, nasty scent, and just making sure that their hair looks luscious and flowing. If they can take care of themselves, they can take care of their significant other. Mm. I don't know. Your guess is as good as I mine. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but did you read the short stories and did it change your opinion of any of the characters? So I didn't know there were short stories until okay. you told me this and then I couldn't find them because I was just reading the main webcomic. Oh, so okay. yeah, did not know that. Okay, yeah. So there was one in the beginning and, and that one was on the title page. I was just checking the comment section because sometimes the the artists will have information that I may want to ask them like what inspired you or something Mm -hmm. so so that's why I typically refrain from messaging some of these artists that we review on here they already put yeah because they already put it out there so it's like okay there's really no need for that but yeah anyways um on the title page her friend Shirogane wrote this short story that just gives some big background information about Mick and honestly, with these short stories, you didn't miss too much. Uh, so in this story, it's the prologue, but from Mick's perspective. And it goes into more detail about the Aztec history and Miklan, which Mick is the lord of. It's essentially like the underworld for Hades. Mm-hmm. And this is like the Aztec version of that. So Mick couldn't stand the thought of someone as beautiful as Met's fading away in a desolate land like Miklan. So it just kind of gives some background information why he saved him. And it strengthens the point that he values him more than just eating his heart. And this is great because we still don't really know why he spared him. So it just kind of gives you that answer. And then at the end of chapter three, there's another short story of how Itzli met Tez. So in this one, Itzli was a troubled child and he had a short attention span and he was disrespectful to his teachers. So he was severely punished all the time. And Tez took an interest in him and ordered the high priest to make him his apprentice. And he actually gave him his current name. Itzli was originally known as like Chico something. Mm-hmm. I just called him Chico for short. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially his they they do mention it again later on. Uh, but yeah, so far, that's just how Itzli got his name. And this explains why Itzli is so loyal and dependent on Tez, despite the harsh treatment. And this is also why I think Itzli was possibly embarrassed at the beginning when his offering was denied. Because when he was younger, people didn't think much of him. And maybe he's suddenly losing favor with the gods now. And so, it's his job as, like, the high priest. He's supposed to be the right. high priest. He's supposed to be the best and know exactly what the gods want, and then they denied him. Yeah, so, ooh, it's probably a scandal. Now they're gossiping about him, maybe. Yeah. So, there's, to me, there's this pressure on him to keep his standing in society. And there again, the, there's this jealousy and pressure that prompts him to take action against Metz. And like I said, I don't think you have to read these short stories. It's just background information explaining how some of the characters think, why they're acting the way they do. And it it honestly doesn't further the plot along because some of these questions get answered later on. So yeah, you're not missing anything. But if you stop reading, like if you can only get halfway through this comic, you're going to miss something that amazing that happens in chapter six. Oh yes you have to get to sound you have to finish it it's not that long yeah yeah it's really short uh like i read it in maybe 
I was reading maybe an hour every night and it took me maybe a week. Uh, I read it today after work. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think with the time. It yeah, took it me took like 30 day. minutes. Okay. Well, that was quick. <laughs> then it, then again, it probably took me longer because like I said, I was going to the comments Yeah, section. I wasn't. Okay. That's yeah. And I didn't read the short stories either. Oh, so That too. So, but, and I was doing research on the side too. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to give spoilers. We're going to be good about that this time. But all I can say is finally the cuddle meter has broken and the only one disappointed by this is Tez. And that's it. That's all we can say. So, Sarah, would you recommend this comic and why? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, I like it, even though it's not complete, even though it's short. I think it's worth your time just to to read it, even though it is short and not complete. And maybe we might not get the end of it, but it's still worth your time. And this is from someone who does not like things that are incomplete. Like, incomplete works are the worst part of my life. Incomplete Fan fictions are the worst part, but like, <laughs> this is still worth it because it's beautiful, it's it's interesting, it's intriguing, and, and it's uh, a culture that you don't really get to see a lot. Yeah, that's true. So aside from what's to come later in the story, I think it's a well-structured plot that is constantly moving, like there's never a lull in the story where it's like filler content. And I think the characters are very complex, minus one. I'll talk about that later. Uh, the artwork is well done. And yeah, like Sarah was saying, it's a very quick read, unless you're doing research upon research like I was. Yeah. But yeah, you could read it in like one, two days if you wanted to break that up. Uh, and honestly, Daughter of Owls did a lot of research into this, and I respect that. Yeah, well written. You honestly don't know have to know anything about the Aztecs to enjoy this story because she provides you with all the in necessary information that you need. So you don't really have to do the research like I was doing. I was just doing it for the purposes of this review. But the information she provides you is very simple and basic. For example, um, she tells you that Tez and Quetzalcoatl are brothers. They have a rivalry. You don't have to know about how each god came to be and their legends and everything. Uh, same thing with Mick and his wife. Yes, Mick has a wife. Her name is Mikta... Oh god, I should have practiced this one. Uh, Mikta... Jesus Christ! <laughs> Guys, I swear I didn't drink tequila. It is Mikta Casihuatl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mikta Casihuatl. Uh, I like how that flows off the tongue once I get it right. Uh, but yeah, anyways, if you knew that he had a wife coming into this webcomic, it just adds this interesting layer where you're, you're thinking in the back of, of your mind, is there a scandal? Oh my God, he's with a possibly underage boy. What I don't is know his how age? old he is. He looks pretty but young. But based on what I think is happening, hmm, we'll get to he that. He should be, he should <laughs> be 18. Well, no, then again, I, I, have, I have theories. I have theories about this webcomic. Fair, but then again, it is the Aztecs. People as young as 13, 14 were, you know... Gods are timeless. Yeah, yeah. So the gods age doesn't, doesn't count, but, I mean, guys, we have to admit, back in the day, you know, kids, 14-year-olds, were giving birth and I don't stuff. think he's a sick... Uh, like, younger than 16. Okay, yeah, no, I think I don't think, a good, he, like, he's a child. Yeah. 
But I can, if, if she didn't make him 18, I can still see people throwing a hissy fit like, it's underage, it's rape. Yeah, and, but yeah. we don't actually know his age. Yeah, so. we don't. And honestly, I and, really don't. And he c- doesn't either because he showed up in a field. Yeah. So and honestly. Your I, guess is as good as his. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what his age is because there again, it's, it's a historical story. Yeah. But, I, th- I thought the interaction with his wife was very interesting because yeah. at that time you, th- you keep on thinking, oh no, it's a scandal. But then gods are different. They aren't like humans. Right, exactly. And when she does pop up in chapter four or, or chapter five, I believe. I, think it's I don't remember. Five. Okay. Um, she's a minor character. Yeah, I have it in my notes. Chapter five. Uh, guys, she's not a threat and she even says so. Uh, she but, finds this whole experiment, experiment mix going through as interesting more yeah, than anything else. She's much. just like, hmm, she's you like, have do a pet. It, do okay. what you want, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's such an interesting thing to see their dynamic there. Right. you expected so much more if you found out. Yeah. But there again, um, you don't have to know a lot about the Aztecs before you read this story. You don't even have to know about all the gods there are. And there are many. Daughter of Al said that she doesn't intend to introduce any more gods. Of course, she said that before Mick's wife popped up, but I still think she's going to hold true to that because, I mean, what is the god of corn going to do? Yeah. And these are the major ones that people really care about. The rest are kind of like well, the minor... God of, the god of corn was very important because well, yeah. he's the one, you know, who gave him their food. Maize is very important for them. And, I mean, that's why we have tortillas to get today, guys. Okay? It <laughs> yeah. was him. But I mean, it's like in the overarching things, it's food versus like life and death are much more heavier concepts. Mm -hmm. As you were reading, I don't know if you noticed this since you didn't go into the comment section, but Mm -hmm. did you kind of notice the parallel with Devoto? Not at all. No. Okay. It was probably just me because I kept going into the comment section. Like I said, we presented a lot of information about the Aztecs here, some that wasn't even in the comic. And this information comes sometimes from the comment section. That's just what Daughter of Al's posted in case, you know, people were curious about the God of Death, like what's his importance to the Aztecs and stuff. And then other information I just kind of Googled. But for me, it drew this interesting parallel with Devoto because we kept having to go into the comment section for information. But with the Obsidian Mirror... I wasn't really confused. I just wanted mm-hmm. more background information because I was so invested in the story. And that's the difference right there. I feel like Devoto, yeah. I had to read the comments to know what was going on. This one, I wanted to go read more about these gods because I wanted to know who they are. Yeah, because like, you want to know- What else is, is Tez god of? Yeah, you, you know, want to know why the Aztecs need blood sacrifices. Exactly. Like. And Daughter of Al's explained it because it's like, okay, guys, it's going to get graphic. Let me, let me explain why. Which you could also do that on your own. But I think it's, I think it's great that a webcomic can bring about this, hmm, I really want to learn about the Aztecs now. Right. Yeah. Uh, so who was your favorite character and why? Tez. Oh, okay. Tez, because yeah. he's an evil, evil villain and I love him. Okay, I... He's like Radigan, he's like Captain Hook, he's like all the good villains. Well, not so much Captain Hook, because he's bumbling. Yeah. But, ah, yes, I love him. He's so evil, and I love him. Oddly enough, I chose an antagonist, too. Um, I decided to go with Itzli, because to me, he's the most complex character in the entire webcomic. True. And 
I do believe there is potential for him to possibly have a shift in character. He's so complex to me because he takes action. He goes out of his own way to get what he wants. And sometimes he doesn't even need prompting from Tez to do it. Uh, like the time he sacrificed the owl. <clears throat> yeah, that's what, yeah. Chapter five, he tried to convince Mick to take Metz far away from the city and from Tez. Uh, and I thought he did this because it was both, he, he was both selfish and possibly worried about Metz uh, because he was even telling Mick, you know, Tez is not going to give up this hunt. It's a game for him and Metz is in danger. And I was starting to wonder, maybe he no longer sees Metz as an enemy. Mm-hmm. But another man who another is being, human. yeah, who is being yeah. subjected to a sadistic god's will, and I, I thought that was a bit humbling of him too, to possibly admit that through his actions, because to me, if he were truly loyal to Tez, he would never have gone. That to That was Nick. so against what what he should have yeah. done. Yeah, and then later on, again, my feelings for him shift. I feel sorry for him in chapter six. But we're not going to spoil it. (laughs) Okay, what is your least, or who is your least favorite character and why? So this one was hard for me, but I would have to say it's Metz. (gasps) I know, I know. Really? Okay. The main character. I Uh, thought it was just me. (laughs) No, um, I feel like he, and I don't think it's because I don't like him. I think it's because he hasn't had enough opportunities presented to him where he can show his personality. I see Fair glimmers point. every point. Like, like when he was alone with his blanket and he was like, I really miss mess. Yeah. And I was like, he has glimmers of personality here and there, but I don't get to see it that much. And I want to see more. I feel like there's so much more to him. Um, and so I feel like that's why I don't enjoy his, him as much, but I feel like he can get, Especially when he, because he's just been so, well, this is life. Um, right. But I feel like he can get passionate and we just haven't seen it yet. Yes. Oh my God. That was like the point I was going to make because to me, he was, he came across kind of bland. Yeah. And to me, he's the Bella Swan of the story. He, like Mick has something to fight for. Itzli has something to fight for. Tez is fighting to get a hold of Metz. What the heck is Metz doing? And... He To me, he doesn't take action for himself. There's nothing that prompts him to take action. He is merely reacting to the world around him and what other characters say and do to him. And that doesn't make him complex. The, the main emotions we really see from him are fear and goo-goo eyes for Mick. And to me, that's like the most basic UK you can get. Mm-hmm. And... It kind of reminded me of Ayase from Okaneganai because oh, he's yeah. like this dainty, pale little creature who needs to be protected at all times. But if you ever go back and, you know, continue reading the story, Ayase grows some balls. Like, oh, yeah. He's a, he, he went gangster on a group of gangsters. He stole some random mafia dude's car and drove it into another group of gangsters. Hashtag badass hamster or gerbil. It was one of the two in the beginning he was compared to. Uh, So as the story progresses, I'm really hoping that Metz kind of mans up. Um, We we do get a hint, like you said, this glimmer of some emotion from him, especially 
when Tez appears to him in chapter three. He has a bit of sass and anger. And he's kind of like, don't come near me. I'm afraid of you. Right. Kind of, because he's sort of being standoffish. Like every time, like, you know, that moment where like people come close to you and you keep on stepping back. Yeah. It's like, come on, get the feeling that whole part has. Right. And, but there again, he's just reacting to another character. And I mean, he has, he has every right to be angry with Itzli as well. Mm -hmm. So trip his ass down the giant ass steps. I mean, what are they, that's what they're there for. I mean, I, I almost I don't think he'd go that far. Yeah. But I think he's just sort of with, with Itzli. I think he's, he's like, well, he was just doing what he had to do for the God. I don't blame him. But even in private, like, I understand yeah. how he came to that conclusion, because initially, that's not what came to mind. No. Initially, I was like, oh, I'd have a strong word or two with this. Oh, Hitler. yeah. And I kind of wanted to see that brief private moment where he's angry or frustrated. I want to see those private moments. And, you know, maybe he just needs a good cry because he's in a strange new world. Mm-hmm. He and doesn't he, know what he wants. Yeah, maybe. he has to adapt to it, essentially. I mean, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. So, he doesn't know who anyone else is. So there's probably a sense of loneliness to him. I kind of want to see him cry because he's so lonely. The, the The question still remains, like, who is he? Uh, we don't have to know about his past. It may come up, but I mean, for right now, we don't need to know who he was. But we do need to know who he is right now. I want to know what his flaws are because humans are flawed. And it's hard to connect with a main character when they are not as human as you. So maybe sneaking past the sentries to explore the jungle outside is a mistake he needs to make. Uh, No one likes being cooped up at home. You get cabin feet like Maybe he wants to find out his past and go to the place where he came or was found. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah, we can understand that. Or, you know, maybe he neglects his duties because he and Mick are preoccupied with the bouncy bed game. Or, you know, we can go back to that moment where he's sassy with Tez. And every time he sees Tez, he can be this sassy little moonbird and like, just you like. You can't touch me. I was thinking he could just ride up on Mick and go, like, hey, papi, que pasó? Te quiero mi amor. <laughs> And I mean, just that pettiness, we can understand, and we would have a better connection to him if he would just flawed in some way. Moving on from the gentle little moonbird, who was your favorite couple? Um, I think it would be the main couple, Mets and Same. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the bad romance between uh, Tez uh-huh. and... It's silly, but um, it's it's not as spicy. True, yeah. I mean, some people may like that hurt comfort relationship, but we do have to admit it's unhealthy. But and it's presented as unhealthy, right? Which, which I mean, in this case, I love Tez because he's evil, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> and honestly, all I need are the cuddles, and Mets and Mick give me the cuddly feels. Yeah. Uh, so, what is one thing you dislike about Obsidian Mirror? It's short. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's 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 really it. I tried thinking. Well, no, no, I did write something else down. Okay, spiders. <laughs> I'm oh, terrified of that's spiders. Right. Yeah, and there are a lot of spiders in it. Um, there's a spider in the first chapter. There's a moment yep. where a guy's covered in spiders, yeah. and I'm just like, I can't do this. I'm scared. <laughs> 
Okay, fair point. Yeah. But I mean, it comes par for the course with an Aztec drama. I'm like, yeah, because they have it. a lot of familiars. I get spiders, but I'm scared of them and I don't like them. Why couldn't they be scorpions or snakes? You know, those I'm fine with. Cockroaches. No, just, no. Just not spiders. Ah, uh, no. One I don't fear. Even, I don't want One to, fear meme. <laughs> I don't even want to hear the word roach. Just, but Cockroach. yeah. God. <laughs> the only way I like it is if you say cucaracha. It just sounds silly to me. Oh, but yeah. But it's funny. I'm like, cucaracha. Like, okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, Mets was just the one thing I didn't really like about it. Because there again, I just want to see a flaw. He's having a woe is me moment. So I'm sure he'll grow out of it. Uh, and I, I think, think we haven't seen the beginning of him. Yeah. Yet. And I think that's just, I'm having that feeling because it is so short. And I, I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing. I understand why the artist hasn't had time to like dedicate fully to it. I get that. But I, I hope in the future we do see more of Mets just kind of manning up a bit. Uh, so what do you love most about the comic? I always think that what makes a really great story is a really good villain. <laughs> okay. So I, I just love Ted's, uh, Tez's motivations. And he, he's really, like, I feel like he's a real, per like, real villain. He has real motivations. He has, he has a clear-cut wants and desires and it's very obvious how he reacts like he doesn't he doesn't if he, if Mets had just been a, a person out in the world he wouldn't have given two fucks about it but the fact that someone else has him and that other person is a god he's like that's it I need him and I'm like I love that about him yeah he's real petty so but... like I, I love the 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 character development in him and so I guess the character development in the whole story is really great okay yeah that's pretty good and the characters because you see that with Italy and you see that with tez that's and true. even I'm... even uh mick where he he acts as a god and he doesn't know how to be a human that that whole concept of him and is he very does bring that up too especially at the end he's like i don't there's nothing to feel or experience in mclan but down here like i can I can yeah. And he's feel never been water. interested before. And now he's like, I don't know what what this is. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of new for him. And I like that. Okay. I'm amazed I didn't mention that as one of the things I like. But for me, it was the plot. Because there's, like I said, there's never a lull in the story. You're constantly asking questions about the characters, what's going to happen next. And the artwork is really splendid, too. Some pages, there's just no dialogue and all you need are the facial expressions from the characters. And one of the two great examples really was like in chapter three, when Itzli was watching Mets, just oh, interacting yeah. with some of the other characters. And he was just kind of thinking like, why is he so special? Like, what's so special about him? But you could just see him pondering it all on his face. And then again, in chapter six, where uh, Tez is spying on Mets through the obsidian mirror, Itzli just looked not devastated, but like he looks so done. Also, like right after the festival, when he's just watching the people below him, uh, Tez, there's no dialogue and it's just beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think the story is going to end or at least continue? So I think that th that we, well, obviously we have to know more about meds and it's already been sort of alluded to that he's Quetzalcoatl, and I kind of think he is. 
Okay. Like, maybe the god was like, I want to know what it's like to be human. Oh. And I, that's what I would think. That never crossed my mind, like, why uh-huh. he would do that. I, I was thinking maybe it's his love child or something. I don't know. <laughs> and now Mick's falling in love with Ketz's love child? I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I think from where, I haven't read the most recent update, because it, it updates every Monday. I haven't read this week's update, if there is one. Uh, but I think Tez is going to sexually assault Metz. I think he's going to attempt to. I don't think he's attempt to. Yeah, but there again, I haven't seen Metz's fighting spirit. He just kind of cowers there. So, and that's I mean, wh- that's why I think we haven't seen all. What of them. can I he? Think he would honestly. What can he do to a god? Well, he resists the touch of death. Oh, fair point. Yeah, so that's true. who knows what he's capable of? Very true. Uh, so how often do you reread this? Uh, not often. I don't, like, when there's an update, I'll be like, oh, time to reread the last chapter. But, okay. like, it's not that often. Okay, yeah, I, I wait a couple of months and then I re I binge read it all. Or I just kind of go back and look at it whenever you mention, hey, there's been an update. Yeah. So, uh, for, for anyone else who is interested in reading this comic... You're only going to be able to read it on Smack Jeeves for the moment. Eventually, there may be physical copies that you can purchase. uh, But that's when the story is completed. Daughter of Al said that she intends to make copies available for purchase. And you can help her make this possible by joining her Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. Or more if you're feeling generous. I understand there are like a lot of artists and Mm webcomics out there that you want to support. I totally get it. And I don't think anyone should feel guilty about giving just a dollar a month. Because imagine if there's like a hundred people giving a dollar a month, that's still a hundred dollars that's coming in every month. So yeah, that is our review. Please, you know, like leave a comment. Tell us what, what your thoughts were about the, this webcomic. Yes. We would love to hear from you. Oh yeah. Oops. Sorry. I bumped the table. All right, Fujitos. We shall see you later. Have a good Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks for listening to 801 Reviewed. You can find more episodes of this show and the 801 podcast on Simplecast and iTunes. If you enjoy the show or want to help us out, please consider leaving a review or donate to our Patreon page. And remember, maybe don't give your friend a still-beating heart. Yeah, that was gross. Well, your cats enjoyed it.